You know your problem is that you lack commitment. Okay, you probably don't, but it was said to me once this by a senior clinician in the hospital. I'd gone to them looking for some advice about what I was going to do with my career. I was interested in different things. I was interested in working in their department. But when I said I had lots of other interests, that's what they said to me. And in that moment, I was a bit taken aback. I thought, well, hang on, that's not true. My problem is that I have commitment for too many things, lots of different things. I have lots of different interests. Was that going to stop me progressing in medicine? Maybe. Maybe it was. Maybe I just couldn't pin down to one thing and and stay with it. But anyway, a few years later, I've moved on and I'm doing my own thing because I have to. (laughs) It's what makes me happy. My name's Susie Edge. I'm a medical doctor, historian, author and speaker and whatever one of those you want me to be, but I prefer to see them all wrapped up in one commitment for lots of different things. And this How to Lack Commitment is a diary podcast. I'm even I'm even struggling to commit to the name, to be honest. Do we like it? I don't know. Let me know. Let me know if you like it or I should come up with something else. But How to Lack Commitment was all about making a diary of what was going on with my change of career, with my plans, with my growth. Maybe in some ways it can bring value to other people who want to do the same thing. Maybe you're in a job where you're thinking it might be a good idea to jump ship and do your own thing. Maybe, what was that? I think my speaker just turned itself off and told me it was leaving the room. Thank you, speaker. So this is one of my solo ranting podcasts, just talking about what I've been up to What's been concerning me, what's been making me laugh, what's been driving me, what I'm worried about, what I'm thinking about, what I'm doing, what's coming next. Uh, We'll go through it and we'll see if there's anything that I can come to any conclusion with while I'm talking to myself, sitting in my living room, looking out at the wind blowing the trees. Anyway, maybe it does bring value to other people. At the moment, I just feel like it's bringing value to me because it's an opportunity to sit down and express my thoughts about the whole process, the whole thing, what's going on. We'll see. I had a really funny comment this week on TikTok and it said, I notice uh, I notice with irony that the How to Lack Commitment podcast only had two episodes. And I was like, yeah, because I'm keeping it real. Like I was never, ever looking at this as let's get this out there. Let's be the only thing I'm doing. Let's just do this all the time, day in, day out. This was going to be for the long term. And the fact that I have not been on air with this podcast for the last few weeks is because I have been committed wholeheartedly to a priority. And that is writing my next book, which is taking quite a lot of work and heartache. And I'll get back to that later. But my point is that this was always going to be a long term thing. I would come back and I would say how I'm doing maybe bring some value to others, but definitely bring some value to myself in 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 taking stock, speaking out loud. So, you know, so maybe that, that triggered me making another episode, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> so this was a diary podcast. Hopefully it'll bring some value somewhere along the line. I have I have a podcast that I listen to. I'm not going to name it, but it's it's quite hard hitting in that it's in an area that I work in or it's people who work in an area that I work in, and they talk about the truth and the reality of what they do. And in some some instances, it can be hugely inspiring. And I think that's why I do listen to it and continue to listen to it, because it can be really, really inspiring. But in other instances, it can be bringing you down to earth with a bump, and it can be quite depressing, because the truth, the reality of what we're doing is very, very hard to 
to pull off and therefore I do get value out of it because I'm inspired at times I get value out of it because it does make me understand and consider how hard this is and so that's why I thought this could be of value if not to myself then 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 perhaps to others as well so what are we lacking commitment for this this week well my book my book is quite hard going vital organs is I think I love the idea I love the work that I'm doing and the research and the things that I'm coming across and the stories that I'm telling. But it's a very, very different entity in terms of production to Mortal Monarchs because Mortal Monarchs, if you know the book, was covered a thousand years of history. But I didn't have to go looking far <laughs> for those stories because each chapter was either based on the death of a monarch or someone of the royal family. So there in each chapter I didn't have to worry about what was coming next there was no concern about plot or character development or any of those things you might find in a fiction book I really had a plan for each chapter and that was to give the context of the monarch to talk about their death to talk about what happened next talk about the medical side of things and so those things for each chapter were laid out and it was relatively easy to put together in that regard but this next one is not quite so easy. These are stories that aren't linked uh, in that way. They're not linked chronologically. They're not linked, uh, you know, geographically. How they're linked is sort of going through the body head to toe. That's the that's the, the, the way I looked at doing it. And that might change, but that's how it is at the moment as a work in progress. But I've just found it very, very hard. And I think it's I think it's just second, difficult second album syndrome. That's all it is. Um, I will get there. It's just, I'm finding it very, very tough I'm, I, because I'm sitting down and, and it just doesn't seem to be flowing as nicely. Maybe I went through that stage with Mortal Monarchs and I put that out of my mind. And I will get there. Like, I'm not I'm not saying this is going to be haphazard and all over the place kind of book. It's not. It's just at the moment I'm finding it hard to, to pull all those pieces together and create that. And it's taking an awful lot of time. And whenever I'm not doing it, it's taking an awful lot of um, guilt time, which was something that a friend of mine came up with a few years ago when I asked her how the exams, how her exam pressure, it prepar how her exam preparation was going. She said... <sighs> I'm doing an awful lot of guilt time. And um, yeah, so I, I do think of it in those terms. So it's coming along. It needs to take priority. And uh, and I'll get back to it once I've stopped nattering to you guys. I had a, a really funny comment on Facebook. And that was from somebody who commented on a post about Mortal Monarchs. Now, Mortal Monarchs was, a few months ago, it was charting higher than... Prince Harry's book Spare. Mortal Monarchs was number one, Harry's was at number two. For a little writer like me, compared to Prince Harry, that was so significant. It was huge to be able to take that screen grab and say, in this moment, my book was selling better than his. That wasn't a jibe at Harry. That's just a celebration of how well I've managed to get the book out there into the world. But when I posted, uh, it was on my Facebook page. I have a Facebook page um, you know, an author page, horror, uh, human body histories. Someone came on there, someone I didn't know called Susan, but she came on and she said, it's a shame that you have decided to perpetuate the myth of Edward II having a red hot poker up his bum, but then you're not a real historian, are you? Dot, dot, dot. Now, I thought this was hilarious. There's three aspects to this comment that I think are really, really funny. The first one is that 
she has said, I, you know, I, th I think it's a shame that you perpetuate this myth, which is just her way of saying she hadn't read the book because it's completely the opposite. The the book, if you read it for, you know, if you even if you just read the introduction and, and you've got a brain cell in your head, you'll understand that that's not how the book went. I wasn't perpetuating myths. In fact, I was explaining the myths and why they were there and who had the agendas and who wrote them and what they were saying, etc. So she, she hadn't read the book. She completely missed that point. And, and I think in that moment as well, I get a lot of comments, which basically the underlying message from the comment is, I'm very clever and I know what I'm talking about. And I think there was a bit of that as well. Like she wanted to show that, that she knew her stuff. Well done. Everybody knows that Edward II didn't actually get a red hot poker up his arse. Uh, so good for you, Susan. But the second aspect was which really made me laugh was she said, but then you're not a real historian, are you? And I thought, that's nice. You are defining your real historian probably by whether or not I sit in a in a classroom uh, with a PhD teaching students. I think that's what people think of historians. If you go to the many of the popular historians that you see writing books or on the television, a lot of them aren't actually in that category. A lot of them perhaps have master's level qualifications in history, as I do. I think that people miss that point because they see a medical doctor, they think I've read a book and called myself a historian. It's not actually the case. Whilst I was working as a doctor, I did a master's in modern history, which was really bloody hard work and incredible learning experience. And the research that I did uh, defines some of the work that I'm doing now. Uh, yeah, I'd love to go on and do a PhD, but there's no time if I'm doing all the stuff that I'm doing right now. Uh, so, yeah, it might happen in the future. But I, I found that really funny because it was it was also saying a lot about how people maybe see the world around them and and, and, and have to be so set in stone. It, it didn't have the turning the dagger in my heart result that I think that she was expecting me to go and crawl under a rock because I didn't fall into her category. It just made me laugh and feel very sorry for her, actually, because if you're the sort of person that trolls the internet and, and writes comments like that on other people's posts, I just, I just can imagine how sad and miserable you must be. Because, I mean, she, she obviously knows a little bit, tiny bit about history. Perhaps we might have had fun telling stories. And, and, and enjoying the things that we both enjoy but instead there was a dig and and I think actually some of that dig came from the fact that people think I was having a go at Harry in that post and people defend Harry people see what they want to see they see what they want to see with Prince Harry they saw what they wanted to see with me and that was that was that why do I bring that up because I was thinking I've been thinking a lot lately about this idea of being a hybrid, being a hybrid is a very difficult thing. We took our girls out to buy some new push bikes recently and we looked at the mountain bikes, we looked at the road bikes. Yeah, so we looked at this idea of getting hybrids and I said to them, yeah, but they're neither one thing or the other. And to look at the positive side, it's great. They're neither one thing nor the other. They're a bit of both. We can do everything. But there's this, this problem of there being hybrids. They're not great at something. And I think that's how a lot of medics or historians see what I'm doing they'll comment things like yeah but when are you are going back to your real job or yeah but you don't really know what you're doing in the history department because you grew up as a medic or you know you're not actually 
working in the hospital, sticking your fingers in orifices now, so therefore you can't comment on being a medic. And personally, I just see that as a great big load of bollocks as well. If you look at the medical profession, if you look at the number of people who have studied medicine but are not working in a hospital or a general practice, you, I think, might be surprised by the results. And that, of course, makes a lot of sense when you think about it. The amount of junior doctors there are compared to middle grade doctors, compared to consultants, it's it's a triangle. It's a triangle that goes up to the, you know, the consultants at the top. There are a few of them. So people must drop off along the way. And people do. And they go off and they take their medical degrees, which are valuable degrees, and they take them into other fields. And nobody questions it. If you go into pharmacology or if you go into even finance or consulting in other areas, people don't question it. But because I'm using my medicine background in order to inform what I'm doing now with the history, people are like, oh, okay, so you're one of those, are you? And I think one of those was that there have been in the past a lot of medics who get to retirement stage and read a book and suddenly they're writing histories of medicine and that's cool do what you want to do I I just I feel it really funny I feel it's really funny when people comment in that way I think there's a certain amount of jealousy and resentment from some areas when people have stuck with one thing and they haven't been brave enough to go and try other things or do other things that they wanted to do and therefore they have a go that people who have I, I think there is an element of that there's an also there's also you know fear of the unknown and things that are a bit different and you know it goes back to Susan doesn't it if your life is miserable and you're and you're being miserable at other people in that way you're just gonna perpetuate that where's the fun where's the enjoyment and the excitement and the things that you're really interested in where's the connection with other people who are interested in those things if you're just sitting there scoffing at the world around you and I think to be fair I think that 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 does doesn't just talk about what I'm doing and my interests. It, it talks about everything as well. So there we go. That was a, a funny comment that I had this week or a couple of weeks ago. So the book's going okay-ish. We're getting on with that. What else? I have this long list of, it, it's not really a to-do list per se. I think of a to-do list as something you write in the morning and then tick off as you go throughout the day. It's more of a, a wish list of projects that I want to get to when this one is completed. That involves YouTube projects, that involves the Warts and All podcast, that involves getting out on tour to go and see the graves that we didn't manage to do last summer because of the the thing that came up last summer. That's going to be happening when I have finished writing Vital Organs, or at least when I've got that through the first stage and off to the editor, because the editing process goes back and forth. It's not finished when I finished it, it's finished when everybody's finished with it, which which is going to take a good few months yet. So that's what's coming up. That's what's ahead of me. And the thing is, I have to stop myself from venturing into that at the moment. That's something that I'm finding really hard um, is is saying, right, that's for later. That is earmarked for this day later on in the year because I want to think about things and get on with things. One of those has been merch. I had a really funny comment. I had lots of them, actually, on TikTok saying, we want you to write. But it's okay because he had a son on a T-shirt. And I was like, you can't write that out of context. That looks so bad. But in actual fact, it, it, it is given context by whatever graphics I put with it or whatever. So I said, look, give me a couple of days. And I've had people going, you've had a couple of days. What are you up to? I'm up to writing a book, for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, it's hard. But 
that's something that people want. I probably need to move a bit quicker to get that out while it's still in the consciousness. So that's there as well, niggling at me that I'll need to put to, put some time away for that. And and I think to myself, here's the thing. I think to myself, maybe if I just stay up an extra couple of hours and get that done, that'll be done tonight. And then when I get to that point, I'm so tired, I go to bed and I do sleep well and I sleep long hours and that's really 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 good for you so uh it's I don't really want to eat into that too much because I suffer for it when I when I don't like if I stay up for longer than normal at night what happens is I just don't get going as well in the morning so it you know because it's not it's not a it's not an added value it's just a change of timings for me that's just how it rolls for me so yeah, the, the the merch, I'll get that done. My daughter is a great artist and I want her to help with and she she did the um she did the warts and all graphics, that brilliant skull with the with the crown on. I love that. She did that for me. I'm gonna ask her to do some graphics for the T shirts, mugs, merch stuff. I want to use the graphic that was used on the front of Mortal Monarchs, but in actual fact that particular graphic is done by somebody who has the copyright and I'm not going to go and buy that. However, that was based on a pamphlet that was drawn in the 1600s and that's something that I can go and copy. So uh, to get around that copyright issue, I can go back to the original pamphlet, which is fine. It's in the public domain and I can use that to, to copy that, but I can't copy the what's on the front of Mortal Monarchs, which is a, a fun way of getting around that particular issue. And you'll always... the little issues like this will always pop up and you can either walk away and say fine okay or you can maybe look for other ways around it and that's what I'll do she has been doing exams recently so I've laid off her a bit but I'm gonna go and and speak to her when I stop recording here and say right let's get on with it (laughs) and I'll and then I'll get those onto my Shopify account which I have in the background but I haven't been using it so much I haven't had it out there the other thing is that people were asking whether or not they could buy the sheets where I had written out the names of all the monarchs where I had made these videos where I was mapping out the monarchs it's very basic it's just a word and a line a name and a line a name and a line there's nothing else to it um what I might do is see if I can get those into some sort of pdf and just make them available um for people who want to uh, who want to have those uh and maybe say look you know I have this but if you want to bung me a coffee on ko-fi coffee 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 I prefer to call it coffee because that makes sense to me um if you want to buy me a coffee on there then that's cool but you know otherwise I think I might just make them available amongst all the other merch that you can actually um buy so we had a good speaking of buy um in terms of earning I had a good January some bills came in um, not bills, some payments came in, <laughs> which was quite, all bills are always coming in, but some payments came in for some work I had done. So that was nice. Not so much in the last few weeks of February. So maybe getting that merch out there might be a good idea because as I said in the other podcast, my target is to earn what I would have been earning in the hospital should I have stayed in and, and done that job as a doctor. And um, we're still a fair way away from that. I've had some other interest, um, other projects that have uh, been mooted in my direction and we've had some meetings um, and these things take take a long time but they are irons in the fire which is quite nice we'll keep them we'll keep them turning and uh, and that's that's cool one thing I have decided is that I don't really want to be um, I don't really want to be an influencer and by that I mean I don't want to be promoting other people's work 
on my site just because I have a lot of followers. Now, I the, the, the people who are like short term, but it's about the earning money. Fine, I get it. You know, people can pay me money to be an influencer. But in the long term, I don't think that's something that I want to be doing. Therefore, I'm not going to start doing it now because you just get dragged into things once you start. Once you start, you get dragged into things which take you down paths necessarily you don't want to go down. And I don't want to be thought of an influence as an influencer. And there's a reason for that. I went to an event. I went to an event last year, invited because I was an influencer. And I went because I thought it would be really great to meet the people who were doing the thing. And it was, don't get me wrong, it was a valuable thing to do in that regard. But there was a certain level of everybody looking down their noses at me as the influencer. And that's not something that I saw and I wanted to see. That's what was happening. People were literally being introduced to me, shook my hand and turned and walked away. And it, and what's really funny is that I think of influencers as these like young kids with huge lips with their boobs out and their makeup thick and, you know, getting off planes in Dubai and being photographed well, making comments about the things that they're paid to make comments about. And I think that's how other people see influencers. Like there's this celebrity lack of talent, perhaps, that they've done really well, that... that, that I'm I'm talking slowly and I'm thinking through what I'm saying because that's how I think of influencers. I think that influencers, I think that's how a lot of other people think of influencers. I'm absolutely not taking away from the fact that I know it's hard work. It's hard work to get to that point. You know, however people look and however people, whatever people are influencing on, it's not easy to get to that position. Now, I'm being seen as an influencer, so I bloody well know it's not easy. But I don't want to be seen as this influencer airhead there just because I've got a lot of followers. And that and that's me just being brutally honest. Like, I understand that is a certain amount of looking down my nose. I get it. I, I'm, I'm not... This is sort of being ironic. I just don't want to be seen like that. I don't want to be seen how I see them. It's not me. So you might not like that. You might not like my view of, of that world, but that's what it is. And I don't think I'm alone in it. And therefore, I don't want to be an influencer per se. I mean, if somebody came to me with a with a collaboration project that I thought was going to serve me really well and that I was going to be able to pay a few bills with by earning, then yeah, absolutely brilliant yes let's chat but a collaboration bringing my thoughts and ideas and interests and uh, dare I say talent my storytelling whatever to the to the table and and doing that together that's how what I want to be doing I don't just want to have things I don't I don't want to be promoting other people's work I want to be doing the work <laughs> if that makes any sense but and that's again that's a long-term strategy if it was all short-term strategies let's make a few pennies this month, then yeah, that's what I'd be doing. But that's not what I want to do. I have long-term goals and ambitions and ideas and, and therefore um, I don't want to be taking on work as an influencer. And similarly, I've had a few people reach out to me lately and say they want to collaborate on projects, big projects where they're saying that there's no money in it, there's no budget, but we thought it might be fun. And I am all about the fun. But I'm also at a stage where I need to give my time 
short as it is to projects that are going to lead to me being able to to reach one of my goals which is a financial one and I'm not going to shy away from that why the hell should I I'm not talking about billions I'm not talking about millionaire stuff I'm talking about helping to contribute to my family's life and well-being heating the house buying food running the car things like that you know it's, I don't think that's greedy to talk about money in that way I don't think it's greedy to turn down collaboration projects where there is no budget because I want to make money I want to make money versus I want to contribute to my family not being cold in the winter is a reasonable thing to be able to say and do so I'm not going to be brought down for saying that either (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of undercurrent of me having a go at everyone here but it's not that at all I just you know what people are like people see what they want to see I think it's going to become one of my mantras going forward. It's one of my coping mechanisms with the world is that people see what they want to see. And if, if they see in that me being entitled or whatever, that's fine. I, I think I am entitled to be able to help support my own family. <laughs> like it's basic stuff. So there you go. So being an influencer, earning money, these things are all top of my thought process lately as well. I put out a request on tiktok recently for ask me anything questions and i've had quite a few it's really nice that's going to be to make a youtube video and ask me anything youtube video later on when i get past this um when i get past this book stage i'm gonna put that together and there were loads of really good questions on there i'm I'm actually relishing that i'm looking forward to putting that together but also the there's an ask me anything element to this as well so i'll put together a, a separate Ask me anything, how to lack commitment. Oh, that name, I'm struggling with that name. I have this thing where if I'm struggling with anything with my writing, if I think it's not working or there's something niggling, I know to listen to that niggle because those are the things that my editor comes back at me with because they see it as a niggle as well. And so I'm learning to trust my niggles in that way. And this name, how to lack commitment, is niggling a little bit. And I don't know what to do about that because I've started off making such a big deal about it. <laughs> and then I'll probably pivot and turn it turn it into something else entirely. I had a really exciting email just before Christmas and it came from the Royal College of Physicians in Edinburgh. I mean, I raised an eyebrow to begin with because I thought, well, I, I was never involved with that. I, I leaned down the surgical route. I did exams at the Royal College of Surgeons in Edinburgh, uh, but not physicians. And I was asked to give... I've been asked to give the Christmas charity lecture. Actually, it made me jump at first because I think it was like two weeks before Christmas and this came in and it didn't say the date. And I thought, well, hang on, <laughs> two weeks before Christmas, what was happening here? But they were so organised, they were actually putting together the programme for next year. So, well, this year now, isn't it? 2023. So this year I'm going to be giving the annual Christmas charity lecture to the Royal College of Physicians in Edinburgh. And just to say that out loud is so amazing. I think there's some things, aren't there? To, to other people, it's not a huge deal. But to me, it's, I don't know, there's something there's something really nice, a fuzzy feeling about being able to do that, being asked to do that. There's a recognition, I suppose, from the medics there. In that, so, so listen, earlier on in the podcast, I was talking about how people can turn their nose up at what I'm doing because I'm not working in the hospital in that way and 
and this is uh, there's a there's a validate oh, there's a validation in it for sure I'm not going to deny that but it was a really really sweet moment to get that and already already I'm really looking forward to that um, I'm excited about it in the summer I'm going to be taking part in an event uh, a festival down at Chalk Valley Chalk Valley History Festival which I'm really looking forward to as well not just to be part of that but to go and see it as well see all the other things that are going on there because I think that'll be pretty cool I'm going to resurrect the tour to go and find the graves I'm not sure how I'm going to get that done yet it might be a case of going on my own in the van and just tootling around and making films it might be a case of taking the girls and if I do take the girls you know this they're they're close to adults now there's not a huge amount of space in our wee van so it might be a case of freeloading off (laughs) friends and family who live down south uh, we'll figure that out. I'll figure that out later on. It's going to take some doing. I'm, I'm making a YouTube series about putting that together as much as the actual seeing the graves as well. So I think that'll be quite fun. So there's, there's loads going on. I've jumped about a bit and that's just how these things are because that's how one's mind works. I just said the word ones and I only say that uh, usually to be funny and ironic and it always reminds me of the Queen. <laughs> One is not amused. Not that queen, the recent queen. And not Queen Camilla either. Why are people still calling her the Queen Consort Camilla? That's really doing my head in. That, that's You say you have respect for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, but nobody's respecting her wishes for Camilla to be called Queen, are they? they just, it's just driving me mad. She's the Queen, just like Queen Mary was the Queen. Just like Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother was Queen Elizabeth before she became the Queen Mother. I'm confusing you now. Anyway... Queen Consort Camilla, uh, she should be the Queen. She has been diagnosed with COVID and I hope she's okay because she's not a spring chicken. I, uh, I, I've i met her, had a chat with her about, well actually, that's funny, she asked me what it is I do and I chickened out and told her I was a doctor. <laughs> what a shame. There'll be opportunities in the future I'm sure. But anyway, wishing her all the very best because COVID is shit and uh, most of us the vast majority of us have been there and it's taken me a whole year to come out the other end. A whole year of physical difficulty, in all honesty. I feel now I can breathe properly. I haven't had to use an inhaler for a long time, which is really nice. But I certainly comfort-eated myself into a weight which I am very, very unhappy with. And so I'm trying to get that back on track. But that's another aspect of it all. Trying to have a healthy body and mind in order to do all these things that I want to do without collapsing in a heap as I did in November. I did collapse in a horrible heap in November and then spent uh, December and January trying to apologise to everybody who I hadn't been back to. (laughs) So you can't do everything. You cannot do everything. I'm one of these people that's saying, I have commitment for all these different things, but I'm maybe reaching a point where there are things that I'm going to need help on, like audio processing or not, not... physical not my own brain audio processing that would be weird no i mean audio files for podcasts (laughs) and um maybe videography stuff i need some help with but we'll we'll get to that i'm Susie edge you can find me on tiktok at Susie edge on twitter at Susie edge on instagram at suze.edge uh where else i've I, i tell you what i've deleted be real just for now because it was really depressing me like it kept on pinging at a moment where I thought I don't want to be real I don't want to show you I don't want to be real right now I don't want to share that 
I'm sitting in the same spot doing the same thing again and again. Maybe maybe some people would see value in that, that in order to get things done, you have to sit down and do them hour after hour when it comes to writing or creating things. But I just, I don't know, I just, it was getting to me. So I deleted that for a bit. So uh, Be Real can, can get lost. I'm on LinkedIn, of course. Things got really bad in the procrastination stakes not so long ago when I went and sorted out my LinkedIn profile. So there's that. And um, I'm on YouTube at Susie Edge as well. You can listen to the podcasts on YouTube as well. So if you're on YouTube, you can go back through and have a listen to the Warts and All podcasts as well as this How to Lack Commitment podcast. And I think that um, I would really, really appreciate that a lot because the viewing numbers are not yet at a point where I can start earning from that. And that's a target for me, for sure. So I will see you on those platforms and I'll maybe see you back here very soon as well. Bye for now.